Hello, everyone. Welcome to your newest episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your host, myself, Laura Matsu, and your my husband, Bernhard Gunther. And on this episode, we are going to be giving you your psychological and spiritual survival guide for 2024. So in part one of the podcast, we're just going to do a brief recap of what we've seen and experienced in 2023 both the positive and the negative. And then for the most of the episode, we're really going to be discussing what we see happening in 2024 from a physical, emotional, psychological perspective and spiritual perspective. So physically, we're going to talk about how 2024 is going to be really a record year. There's going to be elections all over the world. There's a historic election year happening here in many other countries, including India, um, Mexico, um, everywhere. And we're going to talk about this increasing polarization between the right and the left, which we think is going to just continue um, kind of increasing the polarization. Heading into 2024, the continued psychological warfare, the rise of AI, how it's going to be hard to tell what's real and what's not in an information war. Now that we have very hyper-realistic AI, it's going to be pretty crazy out there. Um, we're going to talk about the rising information era of Pluto and Aquarius, what this means for businesses. And on an emotional and psychological level, we're going to talk about this unconscious trauma that we've seen rising in the collective since the pandemic basically has long ranging effects into the future. The psychological shock and trauma, which is also a shadow side of Pluto and Aquarius, which is, by the way, Pluto's entering Aquarius, re-entering Aquarius January this year. Well, in a couple of weeks, actually, I just realized we're in 2024. Um, we're going to talk about um, psychological splitting. That's another shadow side of Pluto and Aquarius. And we're really also going to give advice on like how how we can deal with what's what's coming, how we can see what's coming ahead and how we can best prepare for it. And then spiritually, we're going to discuss this increase of Wetiko, which is the mind virus. We've done several episodes about it. Um, including speaking to the author of several books on Wetiko, Paul Levy. Um, the Wetiko will increase as the polarization increases. We're going to talk about this increase in what we call black-pilled people, which are people who are very stuck in this negative doom and gloom mindset, which is really a reflection of the trauma we've been through. Um, and then we're really going to cover um, or reflect on what has happened during this last Pluto cycle. So Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008, and this is the precursor to Aquarius. So whatever happened in Capricorn since 2008 till now is like what we build upon as we move into Pluto and Aquarius and what that meant. Um, and the psycho-spiritual implications of what happened during Pluto in Capricorn and what are some key lessons of Pluto and Aquarius we need to keep in mind. And for those who are new to our podcast, we always have a part two to every single podcast. If you go to veilofreality.com slash membership, or just go to veilofreality.com and click on podcast and become a member, you have access to a hundred plus hours of um, second hours of every podcast we've ever done 
So on the second hour of the podcast, we're going to talk about this movie produced by the Obamas that everyone's talking about on Netflix. We're going to share some things that General Flynn recently said on an interview with Alex Jones about what he sees coming in the next years. Um, we're going to talk about, you, you know, potential psyops that could happen, cyber attacks, we're, and the psychological and emotional aspects, which could be... Um, really being so detached that we start to prefer alternate realities, including these AI, you know, girlfriends that are popping up and these AI alternate, like basically friendships and relationships that are becoming available to us through the technological innovations. And then we're also going to discuss, you know, potential alien disclosure is going to be a part of this most likely in some point in this next 20 year cycle where all sorts of fringe ideas will also start to meet the mainstream. Um, the UFO alien topic is going to get very popular mainstream. Even Tucker Carlson recently hinted at the topic of all topics. And then lastly, on the second hour, we're just going to reflect on Saturn in Pisces, which has been in Pisces since March 2023 and continues. Basically, it will, it will be dipping in and out of Pisces until 2026. This has been a long Saturn and Pisces transit. What we've seen so far, we're going to reflect on what we've seen so far with the moon's nodes being in the Aries and Libra axis, which started in um, July 2023 and will continue until January 2025. Um, and then we're going to really dive deep into Pluto and Aquarius. And I know we've talked about this on previous podcasts, but we're going to talk about it in context with all of the outer planets, which are Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto, will change signs leading up to 2025. Um, so we're preparing for a monumental collective global sh shift that's building up before then. So Neptune's going to enter Aries 2025, and Uranus is going to enter Gemini 2025, and Pluto is entering Aquarius 2024. So all the outer planets will be in new signs, which is very significant as far as collective destiny, collective focuses. We're going to also discuss what happened in the last Neptune in Aries, which um, literally a day, a day before or a day after, I forget, that Neptune entered Aries, um, we had the U.S. Civil War. We're also going to discuss Jupiter conjunct Uranus and Taurus, which happens in April of this year, and then Jupiter entering Gemini. So they'll give you a little astro update on part two. So if you're not a member, again, you can just go to veilofreality.com and you can become a member and get access to the second hour. Um, and before we get into that, I just want to make a very brief announcement. So our January round of Embodied Soul Awakening is full. So thank you to everyone who applied and for those who couldn't join us this round. We hope to do another round in spring and summer. There's no guarantees, but we hope to do another round around then. Um, so if you want to sign up to the waiting list and be notified the next time we open up registration, you can still go to thetimeoftransition.com and there's a button there to add yourself to the waiting list. And there's already a bunch of people um, on the waiting list already for our next round. So I'm looking forward to meeting everyone who joined up joined for this round. And for those who want to join our next round, please just go to time of the time, the time of transition.com. Excellent. Well, 
a lot to dive into, obviously. So it's going to be an exciting episode, um, especially looking. I'm looking forward to the part of really the outer planets, the astrological transits, as something huge happening in the skies, and it's definitely reflected in the collective in what's happening right now, where we are gravitating towards during this time of transition, immense changes, breakdowns, breakthroughs, destructions, creation. A lot of intensity out there. A lot of people, you know, talked about 2024 being another or even more intense year. There's a lot of definitely fear, doom and gloom out there. Just intensity. And I see this, yeah, there will be transformative energies. Absolutely, there are that are already manifesting. Uh, but there's always opportunity and everything has a bigger reason. So there's always an opportunity for a deeper awakening within ourselves, in our world, in our personal lives, and a lot of opportunity, creative opportunity, abundance, prosperity, all of that is also available to all of us. So it is really not understanding these evolutionary forces and energies, how they just operate, and how we work with them. That's the most important part, right? How we can really um, ride the wave, so to speak, as I always like to say, instead of getting tumbled underneath it. Okay, a um, little bit about 2023 recap. Um, it's been an interesting year. Mostly, Lauren and myself, we've been focusing really on our Embodied Soul Awakening group coaching program. We've been very busy with this throughout the year. A lot of people have, more and more people have been drawn to that work. I think it's also, in that sense, what, I've, what we've seen um, over the past three years and accumulating or in, in 2023, last year, um, with the attempted enslavement of humanity, the pandemic and the shock and the trauma and people starting to see more and more through the lies, absolutely starting to question. Um, but people have been traumatized, have been, uh, there have been a lot of separations within families, relationships and all of that. So as I like to say, there's this paradox with this attempted enslavement of humanity, the medical tyranny, what we have encountered the economic struggle and what's happening really all over the world uh, on multidimensional levels uh, has also triggered an awakening. And it has basically in that sense that it has forced people to question really what is going on. I've seen more and more people speaking out uh, about things they were quiet about. We kind of touched upon this topic in the last episode about how to wake up others, this awakening impulse. Definitely. And this has really inspired, would say, or forced people to go into the inner work, which is so important nowadays, the inner psychological, spiritual work, um, based on the fourfold approach, all of that. So it become to a better alignment because we realize that the outside world is not going to change for us if we don't make an effort within ourselves. So that what I would say on the positive sense, what I've seen over the past year, especially if the people I've worked with, I've interacted with. Um, there's a more sincere drive towards the great great work, as I would like to say, the inner work, to really come to to answer the call to be the change, so to speak. Um, on the other side, a lot of people have ventured down black pill territory, a lot of doom and gloom is out there, uh, a lot of paranoia, a lot of just negativity. I've seen that as well, absolutely. And these are also trauma responses, which we'll be touching upon as well. Um on the bigger picture, what's really what I really uh, saw in a positive light, and some people may debate me on that or not agree, but again, I don't see it black and white. Careful of black and white thinking, as I like to say, uh, the psychological splitting, all good or all bad. But uh, what happened on Twitter with Elon Musk really 
taking over Twitter, opening the floodgates for uh, free speech, basically. And I've been more active there. I've reached more people there. I'm able to speak out about topics I'm not able still to this day to really talk about on Facebook or YouTube. I still get censored on YouTube. Some of our videos have been deleted. Some of my posts on Facebook have been censored and flagged and all of that. But there has been more and more interaction on Twitter, on a social media, on a really mass scale of a lot of people questioning the narrative around COVID, around the vaccines, around many other topics, politically, economically, and all of that, without people really getting censored. And I think this is a very, very positive thing. Yeah, you just joined Twitter this this year, right? Like you were only on Facebook before, is that right? No, no, joined uh, twenty. Uh, I, I became more active twenty twenty two, like uh, over a year ago. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've seen some positive things, you know. Um, I mean, definitely a lot of the world has awakened to the issues with the vaccine. That's for sure. Yes. And, um, you know, we've seen a lot of negative things, too, as well. But we're trying to really reorient towards, like, what is the possibility where we can take this going forward while acknowledging really honestly where we see a lot of people are at. Because the world has changed since 2019, 2020, when this all kind of started. Um I do see a lot of people psychologically, even economically, physically not doing so well. We've dealt with a lot of death. Yes. That needs to be acknowledged. Like I can't, I've literally lost count of how many people I know who have lost family uh, and friends, not just to the illnesses and, and issues from the jab, but also from suicide, from overdoses. So, you know, this is a really big spiritual crisis that many people are in. And, um, you know, a lot of people are, are psychologically crumbling underneath it. So, you know, we have a lot also that we're building up to, because as I mentioned, you know, these outer planets changing signs signifies huge collective global shifts, and you can kind of feel that tension building. So let's just talk about um, what we see physically happening. So I just want to also start this as a caveat to everything we say. These are all just possibilities. We're not making predictions. We're just discussing based on things that we've looked into, based on certain themes we see astrologically, based on what we see currently happening, what we could see happening. So these are just possibilities. So just hold them loosely. Don't take them as like absolute fact, just reflect on them. And then we'll see. That's the way I want to preface all of this. Yeah. On that note, I also want to, I've People who are familiar with my work know that I've said this and written this many times, also based on personal experiences. I'm not in the prediction business. Uh, for me, the future is not written in stone. There are certain trajectories, certain patterns, how things may manifest. But as usual, as always, in my experience, even looking back, it never uh, manifests in exactly the way you think it does, either positively or negatively for that matter. Right? There's always the surprising factor, Uranus, almost a surprise uh, aspect of all of it. So... This is not about making predictions as understanding how to work with certain energies. But one thing, what is definitely going to happen in 24, uh, 2024, uh, it is a known record year for elections around the world. Literally, I took this here from the website of the, the WEF, the World Economic Forum, writes 2024 will be a record year for elections around the world. It is a historic election here with elections in 50 countries. More than 2 billion voters will head to the polls in countries including the United States, 
India, Mexico, South Africa, Taiwan, Indonesia, Russia, Iran, Pakistan, and the EU, the European Union, uh, changes in policy, government and regulation, interest rates and other areas could make 2024 a tumultuous year, Bloomberg suggests. The backdrop of war and economic sh shocks heightens potential geopolitical risks and so forth and so on. So potential upheaval at a global scale, at the, as I write. Almost maybe, you know, uh, predictive programming on some level. But there will be definitely, it goes in line really with astrologically what I see happening, which we oh, touch upon sure. shortly, exactly. that everything, uh, you know, these elections. And I also want to point out India is a very important, is playing a part and is going to play a bigger part more and more as well. Yeah. I've read that 900 million people are registered to vote in India. And there's also, they have something similar going on as we have in the United States. It's almost a fight against like the conservative nationalist versus the woke liberals left. Hindu nationalism, actually. So there's a lot of people like wanting, because obviously India has dealt with a lot of effects from the British colonization and a lot of people have lost touch with their own Hindu roots. So there's a rise of actually interest again with their Hindu roots and they call it like Hindu nationalism, which is actually what Sri Aurobindo was a part of in his activist days as well. That's so very fascinating stuff going on there. You see the pendulum swinging actually, uh, like they even have their own like trad movement going on and whatnot. <laughs> it's crazy. They're also being branded far right. Exactly. You know, yeah. So, if you, yeah. if you disagree, then you're far right. And yeah. Yeah. And obviously we have this huge election in the U S here with, Biden coming to an end. I don't even know that he has become a full-on liability. They need to look a new for a new puppet for him. Who knows who the Democrats gonna want to install? That's up in the ether so far. Um, I think they know. I think they know, but they just haven't announced. Yeah, some it people yet. say Michelle Obama, Gavin Newsom, maybe Hillary is gonna take it. That's what again. Vivek, Vivek, <laughs> Vivek, uh, you know, the runner for the Republican Party, he alluded to yeah. that it was something far more sinister than Newsom or Michelle. And so most people assumed it could be Hillary. Could be, and that would be awesome, actually, from <laughs> yeah. pop, popcorn Part perspective. Two, yeah. And Trump, of course, right? I mean, I don't want to get too deep into it. My view is not black and white. I'm not full anti-pro. I'm not. You don't see this as a full-on Trump as a contel pro controlled opposition. It's way too oversimplified. Nor do I see him as the savior who's just going to take down the, the deep state and all of that. It's far more complex, far more nuanced, but it is definitely heating up. To the point, and we're going to address that in the second hour, even General Flynn said, we might not even ex uh, have an election because the deep state left um, neo-Marxist globalists are in panic and will do anything but getting Trump into, into power. But who knows how to play out? The whole point being is there will be a lot of emotional loose, a lot of friction, a lot of fighting, left versus right, a lot of polarization and intensity happening, especially in the U.S. Yeah, the key thing is that we are going to see increasing polarization between the right and the left, especially the far right and the far left. And this is socially engineered to create further chaos in society. So, you know, the more that you start to, I think it's really important in these times to not identify with our opinions and our political affiliation so much and be able to 
the gift of Aquarius is actually is to be able to step back and objectively observe what's going on without getting too wrapped up in it, because we're going to see continued psychological warfare pitting the left and the mm -hmm. right against each other and trying to whip them into like this frenzy, like similar to what we actually saw in the 2020 elections. Yeah, that's the key point, really. You have to understand, careful if you identify with the side. You know, obviously, obviously there's the psychotic woke left and liberals that have overtaken institutions that's been going on for a long time, for decades, the invasion, infiltration from within, so to speak, right? Um, but there also there's also the rise, of, we have talked about this in previous podcasts as well, of a very this dogmatic, regressive, archaic, conservative right movement that moves more and more truly far right. And they're projecting on each other at the yeah. end of the day, to put it simply, like the right is projecting hate on the left and the left is projecting hate on the other. And they're dehumanizing each other. That's the main thing is like, if you've been taught to dehumanize people who think and believe differently th than you, then that is actually what the kind of controllers are feeding off of. of like They want you to de dehumanize the other side. Yeah. Best example also, uh, tying into what happened in 2023 with this whole Israel-Palestine conflict. We've talked, we, have, we had a whole episode on that out already, so we don't want to go deep into that. If you're interested in our views, uh, look at that episode from a couple of months ago. But that also, from this psychological warfare perspective, has polarized people even more and even split fractions into the truth movement so to speak. Or, yeah. And I think that's going to continue as well and be used as a sort of like psychological exactly. warfare as well. So really careful with, you know, because we, we also look at from the bigger picture perspective, as you know, we had a whole topic on occult forces for, for beginners, this whole polarization, this, this shadow projection, literally from the left onto the right, the right onto the left, all this emotion, luge, all this infighting creates a certain frequencies, which literally serves as food for other dimensional beings that are really in control of, of the, the matrix frequency, so to speak. And I so, think also how careful. it's going to get even crazier is that with this continued psychological warfare alongside the rise of AI, mm -hmm. like where we can create photorealistic pictures of anything, we can fake photos of anything. Yes. This is going to be wild when we end into this global election year because we won't be able to tell what's real or not. Like you could see a very heart-wrenching photo of like a protester doing something and it could literally be AI generated. Exactly. So this is why it's going to get very tricky with the media and the information war with Pluto and Aquarius. And I think eventually I'm hoping that there's going to be like auto detection technologies that will be able to detect if it's AI or not, which I know that they are already using in some schools because obviously all the students are using AI to write their essays. But then the AI will get more sophisticated and learn from that. So we really have to be discerning. Like I've, I can't tell you, even like with myself, like, you know, a lot of people that I typically agree with um, I have, I like fact check some of the things that they're saying by looking it up, by researching myself, because there's a, there is a lot of disinformation out there. There's a lot of people who take one fact that's been twisted and run with it. And then it becomes this whole fake, fake, like narrative that people are believing in. So we yeah. have to be like critical thinking is actually another skill. I feel of Aquarius because it's using the mind for what it's meant to, to really analyze and connect the dots without just falling 
falling into extremism. Yeah, speaking of the warfare of the rise of AI, recently Midjourney uh, 6.0 came out, and it's insane. Uh, somebody posted some pictures uh, he was creating with Midjourney 6.0, and it's extremely hyper-realistic, like literally r regular photography quality. I could not, I had a hard time telling the difference. It, was, it gets extremely close to just uh, quote-unquote reality. So let's just move in. Oh, yeah. And then one more thing I wanted to add is also with this rising information era of Pluto and Aquarius, what does this mean for business? Like, I think that within the next few years, we are going to see an apocalypse of many retail businesses. A lot of businesses are going to be moving online. You're going to have to transfer your skills online. So, you know, for people who are struggling financially, who are not knowing what to do, maybe they're at a turning point in their lives, it's a really important moment to find ways that you can convert your skills to this new information era, to this new technological era, whatever it is you do, like you could literally be like a plumber. Oh, I mean, plumbers are actually doing pretty good right now, but any skill that you have needs to be converted to this new information era going yes. forward. So that's one of the main things, practical pieces of, of advice is like, look at how a lot of things are moving online and just understand that while Pluto enters Aquarius, Uranus enters Gemini, we're just going to see more and more of that. So it's going to be at the point where if you don't have you know, some online presence or online way of doing your business, it's going to be harder and harder. So that's one of the most practical things that I think people can apply is find ways that you can convert your skills to this new information era. Um, and then another thing too is like watching now, oh, you're going to say something? Yeah, I want to kind of add to this. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it reminds me also this is an aspect of Aquarius. So you don't want to be careful because as I know some people who also are very, have become almost offended by technology and completely want to reject it completely. And I just want to live in the woods with nature, no uh, technology at all. And there's something to be said. We don't, you don't want to get overwhelmed by technology. So it starts to use you and the whole technocracy, but that's a trap in itself as well. There's almost the negative aspect of Aquarius to reject all technology, all modernism, right? So it's about finding the fine line. It's not about rejecting it completely nor letting it overwhelm you or you become a slave to it and you know letting you basically take the creativity away from you but everything is a tool technology is a tool we can infuse it with our own creativity of our own soul essence this is very very important i went deep in this workshop i did last year uh called um how to create abundance in alignment with divine will to really step into your creative power and there's a lot of opportunity, especially for business, for entrepreneurs right now as well. And the key point of Aquarius, and I'm sure Laura will um, share about this later on as well, it is about individuation. It's about your uniqueness. Too many people still copy others. They try to imitate, they follow trends. You know, now is the time to step into your own creative power. And you have the tools that are becoming more and more refined over the next years that will give you the opportunity to also truly create prosperity and abundance. So that's on a positive note. I would really want to point that out. Okay. So you want to move on to the emotional and psychological yes. aspect? Okay. So, I mean, the main thing I'm seeing is that I do see people dealing with a lot of trauma, which they don't seem to be aware of, especially since the pandemic. I mean, it has been a stressful few years, especially 
you know, not even just with the government lockdowns, but with the cancel culture, with the being afraid to say anything, with the censorship, with the mass vaccine rollout and being pressured to take it for your job and then relatives and friends and family getting split because they disagree on this issue, never mind friends and family getting ill or even worse, dying. So there's been a lot of craziness that's happened the past few years. And it's almost like, I mean, I know from myself, from dealing with traumatic experiences that sometimes it takes a while to like, for, to catch up on you. Like you'll just be kind of depressed and low energy and burnt out for years before you realize, okay, I'm a much different person now than I was before. And I'm not really doing much in my life as I was before. And I see it actually in the depression, the negativity, the hostility. Um, even the other day, the other week we went to Costco and like people were just getting like angry at each other for no reason, just yeah. being really hostile. And it's like everyone was in like a epic bad mood. And it was just very, you could feel in the air that's just hostility. And so we need to face the trauma that we've dealt with since the pandemic even before that, like before that, you know, I walked around in the world and once I learned about trauma and the effects of it and how it makes people live in their head and disassociate and whatnot, I started to realize that a lot of people carry some degrees of trauma and may not even know it. So we are really dealing with a mass trauma. That's again, another theme, by the way, of Pluto and Aquarius is mass trauma. Um, we're seeing people, you know, splitting, you know, so they just see things in black and white, either you're with me or you're against me, like where an influencer or a politician or anyone, you know, who they agree with on most things, say one says one thing that they don't agree with. And all of a sudden they become satanic, demonic, Luciferian, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. So yeah. we see this splitting increasing um, this lack of nuance, this black and white thinking, and also, you know, insanity and mental illness is another shadow side of Pluto and Aquarius. So that's, that's the thing I think <clears throat> from an emotional and psychological perspective, we really need to pay attention to the most because the shadow side of Aquarius on a psychological and emotional level can be really um, like this kind of fragmented psyche, this really imbalanced way of being in the world, which is an expression of trauma. So we are, I do believe we're going to see an increase of that, but we can also learn about it ourselves. Like this doesn't have to be this way. Like really learn about the, like psychoeducate yourself about the effects of trauma disassociation, get to know the state of your nervous system. When you're in fight, flight, freeze, look at how the information that you consume affects the state of your nervous system. So if you're feeling like burnt out and low energy all the time, notice how death scrolling on social media makes you feel. Does it help you or does it, does it make you feel worse? Does it give you even more low energy or does it give you, you know, a boost of energy? Because I think, especially if a lot of people are kind of dealing with being glued to their screens and then consuming more and doom and gloom takes from various influencers who are blackpilled on social media, like take a step back. It's not helping you and take a step back and really focus on yourself because this information war will play on your fear, will play on your negative emotions, will play on you feeling hopeless and like the world is so dark. So really take time to take care of yourself 
Um, because the more that you do that and the more that you recenter yourself, the more you can make a positive impact and be a regulating impact on the people around you. Yeah, so this is very, very important. So despite the awakening impulse I've mentioned before and people were waking up and focusing what truly matters, speaking out, taking self-responsibility, engaging in the inner work and in all of that which I've seen. And it's very encouraging to see. I've seen a lot of people also, as Laura mentioned, disintegrating, really not doing well, dealing with a lot of trauma. And a lot of people will disintegrate more and more in the coming year, especially next year, because it will intensify more. Because for the reason we've mentioned before, over the past three years, so many people have become traumatized, billions of people because of the lockdowns, because of what happened in the world, the forced uh, medical treatment, which also has implications based on, again, Thomas Meyer's work and the spiritual consequences of the jab and everything, cancer uh, cases, turbo cancer, are increasing exponentially, literally 10x. There are 10 more cancer cases than before, the uh, yearly death rate has increased by 6% just on cancer alone. So all of that, the depopulation, depopulation agenda is real. It is happening. And that will also and has already taken a toll on people psychologically. So the most important part is to take care of your inner life. Like Laura mentioned, understand trauma because most people suffer and are traumatized and they don't know that they're traumatized because they're disassociated and they distract themselves and numb their pain with uh, technology, social media, YouTube, Netflix, just uh, avoidance, avoidance, just information overload, getting out of body, not even feeling. And that keeps you also then, you're feeding yourself with information. You have to be really discerning what you get into your mind because psychological warfare not only works on a conscious but on a subconscious level. And there's a lot of doom and gloom and negativity out there. And I'm not implying to hide in a new age uh, bubble of love and light and just smiling and positivity and not looking at the world at all. No, be more discerning. Stay grounded in your body. Take control over your attention and focus. That's the key point. That will be the superpower for the times ahead, especially next year, for the next 20 years. For your focus, concentration, will, and being able to have control of what you give attention to and what you don't give attention to, what truly matters and what not matters, really to counteract also the short attention span epidemic because that's increasing exponentially. People have... You know, it creeps up on you. You may already have a hard time reading a full book or even finishing this episode right now podcast because it creeps up on you and it's a trauma response. ADHD is a trauma response, short attention span. They want you to be distracted so you don't have control of your will and attention so you're easily programmed and you just consume and consume and consume and you don't create anymore. And like we mentioned before, there's opportunity as well. Uh, even on entrepreneur level, business level with all the technology, but also the inner work, it requires a certain will, concentration, all areas in life, right? You need to focus on with more conscious will. And this is like a muscle you need to train as well. So this is one of the most important things really to focus on, pun intended, is being able to control your focus, your attention, and be discerning what you focus on and uh, become more creative or be more creative rather than just a consumer. This is very key. But as Laura rightly said, in order to really access, have full access to your attention, to your will, to your concentration, to your commitment, to your focus, you need to also work on the 
your stuff within yourself, your inner wounding, your childhood wounding, the trauma that happened not only over the past three years, but they may come up from childhood. So educate yourself about it. Too many people I've noticed, as well as Laura said, engage in psychological splitting. It's insane, really, especially in the so-called truth of movement. We've talked about this before, completely lack of nuance in all of that. Yeah. And so, you know, with psychological fragmentation, you're going to feel confused, disconnected from yourself. It's like, there's parts of yourself that you split off from consciousness. And then what happens is, is we split those parts off from consciousness, meaning they go unconscious, and then we project those parts onto others. And not only that, we feel discordant within ourselves. Like one part of us feels this way, and another part of us feels this way, and we feel fragmented within ourselves. So we will have parts of ourselves that have certain wants, needs, and desires that we've totally blocked off from consciousness. And the issue with doing that is that they come through in the way that we project onto others. So it is really important. I mean, if you're also, I, I don't honestly think it's necessary for everyone to be glued on their screen and focusing on what's going on in the world. I think a lot of people could really use a break from consuming, and especially when they're not doing well, psychologically and emotionally and just take care of yourself like learn how to find a regular spiritual practice um, get outside work on your relationships work on you know the simple joys of life work on learning how to work with your nervous system in a more conscious way yeah. um, because I think a lot of people maybe as a trauma response or have been glued to their screens and they can start to see that it's not helping them anymore so yes really learn about the effects of trauma, disassociation, you know, parts work can really help like IFS, like we do in Embodied Soul Awakening. You can just do it on your own too. Yeah, IFS stands for internal, internal family yeah. systems therapy. Um, that can really help you work with fragmented parts, shadow work as well, like being curious about what you see in other people and your perceptions towards other people and wondering, you know, being curious about what that says about you, because I think especially with Pluto entering an air sign, the main thing that's been helpful for me in my self-work is whenever I'm triggered, analyzing the story that I'm telling myself about the trigger and questioning whether or not it's true. And it sounds easy when I say it like that, but a lot of people make up certain stories from their triggers and they run with them. They just believe the first story that comes into their mind as truth. So, for example, um, you know, if Bernhard came in from going out and didn't say hi to me when he came into the kitchen, like I could easily feel hurt and then I could make up a story. Oh, that means he doesn't care about me. That means that he doesn't love me. I could easily run with this story in my head and then I'll get angry at him for the story that I made up in my head about him. And so I see people doing this all the time is like, just not having the ability to objectively step back from their triggers and projections. And they just automatically believe the first thing that comes into their mind. So yeah. this intellectual objectivity is one of the greatest gifts of Aquarius. And this is important to not confuse it with cold hearted detachment, to not just be so checked out that you don't even have a concern about anything, but to use your own subjectivity, meaning the way that you feel about things 
to become more objective because I see this happening all the time. I can't even tell you how many times. I mean, this is also the state of the world. Gurdjieff called it like the confusion of tongues, didn't he? Yes. Where we don't, we're all talking and we don't understand each other. But, you know, as people know, I'm very active on social media. I get a lot of messages. I get a lot of comments and I get a lot of angry messages, at least a few a day. And most of the comments of people who are really angry at me are angry at me for something I didn't even say, but they've ran with that story in their head. And so imagine when Pluto enters an air sign and air signs are about communication and ideas, this is just going to be amplified. And you see this confusion happening everywhere. So really being able to look at your perceptions, question your perceptions for the truth and validity, especially when they're emotionally charged. Like the more emotional charge that you have behind a perception, the more it would be important for you to step back and analyze, is this actually what's really true? Or is this a story that I'm making up in my mind because I'm triggered by what I'm reading? Because psychological warfare will play on these emotional reactions within you to make you believe a certain narrative. Yeah, even when you go deeper that there's powers that be, the matrix forces, not only physical, but hyperdimensional occult level, they know your psychology better than you know yourself. So they want to trigger certain responses. And so the psychological self-awareness is, awareness is key. Psycho-spiritual work is absolutely key in the year to come, in the years to come. It's absolute necessity for not only survival, but also to thrive. So what Laura hinted at as well, especially in general, you know, don't get identified with certain views and beliefs. If you uh, have become too dogmatic about the way you see certain things or how people are and, and fall into extreme, oversimplified black and white thinking, oh, this person is good, this is evil, he's a shill, he's a savior, all of that. Uh, it's completely oversimplified. And no, none of us can see with the eyes of the divine, as I like to say. And we never know what the true nature is of a certain event. And sometimes so-called, quote-unquote, bad events can lead to something good. And uh, even if, you know, you don't agree with everything some a person does and disagree maybe with one thing, it doesn't mean that this person is all evil right away. So yeah, you need so to become aware of more a nuanced view and not, as I always like to say, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah, and the most important thing of doing that, because we all tend to split in certain areas of our life. It's how we find certainty. It's how we find a sense of control in the world. So notice when you do that, notice when someone influencer or maybe even us on this podcast say something you don't like. And there's a tendency to want to just see that person as completely evil, all bad and just yeah. shut it down, you know, because this splitting mechanism within us is something that is used in psychological warfare in times of polarization. And it's not helping us like even in the best relationships in the world, you're you know, what's more important is having similar values, not similar opinions. Mm -hmm. So we are, when, when we share values, it's easier to get along with someone. But when we share, like, you're never going to share every opinion with someone. So yeah, let's move on to the spiritual level. So, okay. Yeah. So the increase of Wetiko as polariza polarization increases. Um, I see this already. Um, you know, I can't tell you, even in spite of the fact that we did a two-hour podcast about the topic, how many times I've gotten really hostile messages lately from people who are saying that I'm staying silent about Palestine and why aren't you sharing more <laughs> about Palestine and like... 
yeah. know, they're totally taken. And, you know, I agree with them about about probably a lot if we were to have a conversation, but they just are taken over by this mind virus. And it's similar. You know, I get that it's a different political issue, but it's so similar to what I felt happened during the whole BLM thing. Yeah. Like put say Black Lives Matter, put up your fist, take Very a knee. Otherwise, you're on not on my side. So again, it's this combination of like psychological splitting and Wetiko, where people are treating other people's host with hostility. And I hate to use the term bullying, but it is bullying and projecting on them because they're not virtue signaling in exactly the way that they want them to. And it's 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 totally a Wetiko mind virus. So I just see this continuing well into 2024 and it's just going to be a part of the ongoing psychological warfare. So it's really important to like, I mean, just listen to our episode on Wetiko for a good download about that. But noticing when this mind virus takes over us and the way it's going to show up over the next year is going to be very similar to how we see. Yeah. We saw it show up over BLM and now it's Israel Palestine thing. Yeah, I want to also add on this note, really understanding most of you and most people understand that we are in information warfare, psychological warfare, psyops everywhere. There's being psychological warfare being waged on us. So even from a basic common sense logical conclusion, the way to counteract is, is to become psychologically healthy, become self psychologically self-aware, understanding your own psyche. You don't know how what Tico or these forces or cold forces work through you if you do not know yourself, if you don't have an understanding of how shadow work, how projections and triggers work, your own trauma and your own psychology, really. That's a really key point. That's also a superpower to have psychological self-awareness. We talked about this before in the last podcast. It's not just uh, about an informational awakening, intellectual awakening. That's very superficial. We need to come towards a psychological awakening and essentially a spiritual awakening. Yeah. So, okay. And then as well, you know, I just want to touch on these increased in black-pilled people which is really a reflection of the trauma we've been through and this kind of paranoid mindset that people have gravitated towards. Um, and I actually, this will lead into the Pluto and Capricorn, Pluto and Aquarius thing. I see this as an expression of like late degrees of Pluto and Capricorn, which the shadow side of, of Pluto and Capricorn in evolutionary astrology is repression, suppression, and depression. Oh, really? Okay. So like you can see this kind of like very negative, depressed, heavy like everyone's out to get me kind of energy mm -hmm. arising in the collective as we reach these very, I mean, we're literally like in the 29th degree and few and seconds of Capricorn and there's 30 degrees in the entire cycle. So we're seeing like the, the, the kind of pivot peak of this, of this Pluto and Capricorn energy. So, you know, let's just reflect a little bit on this cycle because I'm sure a lot of people um, are not aware of these Pluto cycles and what kind of goes on. So if we think about, so the destruction and regeneration, Pluto, of institution and structures, Capricorn, has been going on since Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008. So we've seen destruction, we've seen regeneration of institution and structures that have supported society. And so Capricorn ruling governments, institutions, law and restrictions, Pluto is about power, control, regeneration, exposing secrets. So what we've really seen is the dark side 
of government and institutional power coming to a head since 2008. And so, you know, think what you will about the Occupy Wall Street movement, but it did start with Pluto and Capricorn in 2008, where they started exposing the corruption in the banking industry. And the crash happened too. And the crash happened then too. And then that was also exposing some, you know, sketchy loans that were given out as well, some predatory loans. And then, you know, I think it was around 2012, 2013, we had this Me Too movement. And yeah, I get that there was also issues with that. But let's just talk about the impact where there was the the exposing of secrets of widespread abuse in the entertainment industry and what that meant. And then the cycle, we're also closing off with, you know, talk of Epstein's list and how many people could, you know, in positions of power were involved in the sex trafficking ring of minors. Um, we're also seeing the rise of corruption and control and propaganda in the mainstream media, another legacy institution that we've trusted for in for so long. So since 2008 and Pluto's journey into Capricorn, we've seen a lot of corruption in places of power being exposed during this cycle. We've also, near the end, later degrees, we've seen the rise of cancel culture. We've seen the rise of government control via mass lockdowns, COVID restrictions. So, you know, this government control over the masses is another Pluto and Capricorn uh, theme. So the real question is like, where do we go from here? So the next part of the cycle of Pluto entering Aquarius, which I believe is January. It's coming up soon, check. no? Yeah, it's January. Um, when is it? Sorry, I'm just checking. No worries, check it. Um, January 20th. So couple, a few weeks from when we released this podcast. Oh, right so, when the sun goes into Aquarius too, basically. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and it's going to go retrograde for a little bit in the end of the year for like a month or two, but we are really entering now Pluto and Aquarius. We had a short dip into 2023 as well. So just to keep in mind, it's not an isolated evolutionary cycle. So what happens in Aquarius builds off of what happened in the previous one. So now that there's been all of this destruction in these institutions that people have trusted in for so long. And it's like kind of, it's kind of like, where do we go from here? Because Pluto and Aquarius is going to be the total transformation of humanity as we know it. And so it is a big shift from Capricorn, which is a very material, structurally boundaried sign into Aquarius, which is an air sign, which is more about ideas um, and which is more transpersonal. So I personally think that there's psycho-spiritual implications of what happened in Pluto and Capricorn, meaning that we have to look at the repression, suppression of emotions, the depression that we're dealing with. We have to look at the damage that Pluto and Capricorn basically did to us collectively and how that's going to show up is as depression, negativity, frustration, um, extreme negative orientation. And so depression is really just a symptom of suppression of emotions as so, well. Sorry, can I just interject? Yeah. So that reminds me of this whole, where we've seen the truth of movement, this psychological splitting, everybody is shill, controlled op, or controlled opposition, black and white thinking, lack of nuance, black-pilled negativity, doom and gloom, is an aspect of this 
Capricornian yeah, super depressed, negative. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we really need to look at any trauma this last transit caused in terms of like us just feeling depressed. And also, you know, another thing is really look at the existing structures that crumbled because a lot of them did. Like I've I mean, I don't think a lot of people are ever going to look the same at the entertainment towards the entertainment industry, to education, to the government. We have a whole new mindset towards this. So how can we contribute to building something new for humanity through our own individuation process? So we need to realize the divinity within our own expression of our own unique, authentic self instead of looking for external saviors. So there's a development of the unique self that needs to happen in the Aquarius archetype so that we can make a unique con contribution to humanity because we can see a lot of changes. We have a lot of opportunities now. It took a lot of time for these Saturnian Capricorn structures to crumble. And even though Aquarius technically is co-ruled by Saturn as well, you know, we are moving on to a different theme in that, which involves individuation. So dealing with the trauma of the past few years, dealing with any disassociation that happens. Another key theme, you know, with Aquarius, as I can see with the rise of AI and just technologies doing everything to us is that, you know, we really need to put our creative self-actualization in our, our like heart, which AI can't really it can only imitate but cannot replicate because the heart, the soul of humanity is really powerful when used in alignment with technology. So That's take charge, self-actualize. You know, we really need leaders in all areas that lead with the heart and use technology in a heart-based way. Like bring the heart and the soul to the front and don't shy away from using technology because over time, you know, there's going to be like there's never there's never been a more necessary time for creative people, actually, because if you look at this kind of information economy we have going on and where it's headed to, it's headed more and more to artificial intelligence and just get the AI to write things for you and get AI to do everything. And it's going to lose that sense of heart over time. So if you're a genuinely creative person, if you found your own unique essence, found a unique gift that you can contribute to the world, this is the best time to bring that forward. Word. Yes, very well summarized. So like I mentioned before, use your creativity, use your uniqueness, your power to use these tools consciously, right? Don't reject them. Don't let them all do the work for you. Find your unique expression through it. These are tools, you know, like I'm a musician my whole my life, like any instrument, I express myself through it. You can use these AI tools, the technology is coming up in that sense as well. Right. It's again. It's not black and white. Uh, don't reject it. That's actually the danger. I want to point this out. I talked about this in my. I did a workshop uh, again called um, "How to Create Abundance in Alignment of Divine Will." A step in your creative power to really create prosperity and abundance. And there's one thing Sri Aurobindo talked about that so many people in the spiritual communities or even through the movement reject money, reject the money force. Uh, but that's a spiritual distortion. Same with the rejection of power, rejection of sex, uh, because that's when you give it over to the hostile forces. No, we need to reconquer these forces and put it under the guidance of the divine, right? And not reject the money force uh, among other forces. 
the same goes with our creativity and with technology, not reject technology, not have this knee-jerk reaction, but reconquer it from the hostile forces, from the globalists, from their nefarious ways of using it and bring it under your control, your creative power, your alignment with divine will, your uniqueness in the process of individuation. Okay, great. So just wrapping up, um, just to uh, touch on what we're going to cover in part two. Um, so part two, again, is for members of our Veil of Reality membership. We're going to talk about this uh, Obama-produced movies. I think there's another one coming out, you said, too, yeah. and what it could say as far as predictive programming. Um, we're going to touch on some things that General Flynn said recently on what he sees happening in the upcoming year. Um also, you know, psychological, emotional things that we see happening and especially alien disclosure and all sorts of fringe ideas reaching the mainstream. Um, and then we're going to really reflect on some of the themes we've seen in Saturn and Pisces, um, the moon's nodes, which are in Aries Libra. And then we're going to talk more about all of these outer planets changing signs and what that meant for us across history and what that means for us going forward. So if you want to become a member you can go to veilofreality.com slash membership and you can sign up to hear the second hour. Excellent. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be right back with the second hour. Thank you. Thank you.